my name's Vibing with Cell. My name's Cell, and I'm on with my brother, Jesse. He's one of my older brothers, and this is episode 15. Say hi. Hello, everyone. I have him on FaceTime with me, hooked up to the audio, so that way, since we're not in person, <laughs> um, that he can hear, or you guys can hear, and that's it. What do you want to talk about? All right. I think we should talk about, you know, life. Of course. So, yeah, so a lot, a lot of the episodes are mental health, life, just random things, what your favorite snack is. I do have a draft. So all my drafts are different. So it'll be a draft of your favorite snacks, but it would be top five right so I would say one and then you would say one and then I would say two and then you would say two so it would depend on what I want the draft to be but we can't take each other's drafts okay okay you want to start there yeah we can start off with that okay since you and I have both I would say traveled pretty well top five fast food go it's a place called Culliver's and it's in the Midwest. Soft bread. It's more of a burger spot, but everything is very fresh and it's, and it's very good. It would definitely rank top fast food. Yeah, that's your number one. I would say Jack in the Box curly fries. Nice. I'm gonna save that one for for a lower. <laughs> A lower pull. Um, an oldie but goodie, I would say Burger King's Whopper. Yeah. Yep. I know. Gross everyone out early. Yeah, no, I, I, even, even when I wasn't vegan, I did not like Burger King ever. That was always Jordan's favorite, but I just, I just never liked it. The only thing I did like were, like, the chicken fries, and that's it. Onion rings. Major key. I didn't even know they had onion rings. Legit. Maybe that was before my time. Um, Chick-fil-A Chick-fil-A is good They were on my list Um, I'm gonna do a backdoor here And go with Rally Fries Or Checkers Depends on how how far south you are Checkers is good Okay Um, I don't know if this is the correct name Roy Rogers Mm Mm-hmm my dad really loves. Oh, I used to love going there. You know, he got that from grandma. Grandma used to take us to Roy Rogers. Oh, all really? Thing. So that's a throwback. That is a legit throwback. I remember they don't have too many of them, but. Uh, There's I'm one there. in South Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stick with chicken here and I'll go with uh, Popeye's. Their fries are really good. You got that. Yeah. I, I like I like pretty much everything there. Spicy chicken, red beans and uh, the red beans and rice are good, and then the biscuits are good as long as you have something to drink because you don't want to die. <laughs> I saw a meme where it was like, um, or maybe it was like a Twitter thing, and it was like, you could win a hundred thousand dollars if you eat ten Popeyes biscuits without any beverage, and I showed it to Dad, and he said, I don't think anyone is gonna live through that. <laughs> because exactly. <laughs> the do biscuits are so dry 
<laughs> Dad was like, you might as well eat a spoonful of cinnamon. You'll get the same kind of dryness. <laughs> Was that five? I don't even know. I lost count. I have eighty ADD, so I don't even know. I'm gonna throw in a a, a bonus. Uh, old school McDonald's. Well, I guess McDonald's and or Burger King's apple pies were good back way back when. Oh I, yeah. I haven't had any of this stuff in forever. McDonald's apple pies are vegan. So you gotta <laughs> let Sam know. Oh, um, I don't know if I told you, but I'm actually going... Keto. No. Actually, heavier than that. Uh, for a month. All uh, veggie and fruit only for the month of January. So, vegan. I guess. Or, no. are, you, or are you going raw vegan? Pretty much no rice, no meat, no pasta, no carbs, no meat. Just fruit and vegetables. So, you could either be vegan or raw vegan. That's too complicated for me. Mm. Just to trying to avoid the sugars and the the, the caffeine and the, yeah. all the other things that are bad for so you. So when does so, that month start? January. Mm-hmm. Probably January first slash second ish, depending on how New Year's goes. <laughs> depending how drunk you get New Year's. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. I'll probably be heading down for that. Yeah. The DC. Oh, nice. I actually still haven't been to DC in like a fun setting, but um, April, my friends want to go to this music festival, so I might do that because it's like a three day, it's like a three day weekend thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a couple good ones there. It was something in the water by Pharrell. What they had that last year was huge. And then they have another one called Broccoli Fest, which is a... I've heard of that. Yeah, they always have things there. But D.C. is a whole vibe. Like, you can go anytime. You can go now and have a good time. Yeah. It's always something to do. It's a good time. And it's not too crazy where, you know, you get lost in the sauce, but there's always something to do just to chill. Mm-hmm. And about. Right. The thing I love about D.C. versus New York, people hate me for this, but... If you go to D.C. and say, hey, like, give me your top three restaurants and your, like, top three lounges or nightclubs, they'll, like, give them to you because mm-hmm. they, like, exist. Mm-hmm. But in New York, it's so big and so, like, convoluted that folks never, ever have an answer, ever, of, like, what, you know, hey, you got to go check this food place out. Or you got to go to this, you know, rooftop or this nightclub. Because it's just like, oh, man, there's so many. And it's just like, you never get a clear answer. I um, feel like that? a lot of places in New York, too, double as a lounge and a rooftop. So you kind of, sometimes, like, you kind of can't because it's like, it's, what are you? I, it, I don't care. Just tell me where to go. <laughs> tell me where to go. Where do I go? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like the hardest question. Where are the honeys? That's what I want to know. Where are the honeys? <laughs> exactly where go where do i go like well it depends like it depends like depends on what like what you like i'm like i like what you like where do i go (laughs) well you know personally i don't really go out i'm like all right whatever man (laughs) why am i wasting my time at this point (laughs) every time it's the same answer 
But in D.C., you can be like, oh, if you want this vibe, go over here. If you want to go more college vibe, you know, hit you street up. If you want a little more, you know, calm lounge, go here. If you want, you know, some, some ethnic food, go here. It's like very, you know, there's, there's spots. See, like if you were gay, I would tell you a lot of great places to go to in New York. Chelsea <laughs> is probably the capital of Manhattan of gay. So I got I've you on that. Chelsea. Um, Chelsea I'll also look. does like their gay bars have really, really good food. Oh, I've really been to a ton good. of them. Like really good food. Yeah, um, it's a and place in uh, Hell's Kitchen that is the gay bar. It's amazing. Yeah. I'm trying to right now. And um, places in Brooklyn, I know. Ooh, Jesse, you actually have to go to La Fanda in the Bronx. It's so good. It's like a, it's a Puerto Rican place. Um, um, yeah, it's a Puerto Rican restaurant, and it's called La Funda. And um, me and my friend went, because we went to um, El Museo. It's a like a Hispanic heritage museum, actually, also in the Bronx. <clears throat> and then after we went to uh, La Funda, and they have, like, obviously all Puerto Rican food, and it's so good. And they do have vegan options, just in case you want to bring me... <clears throat> And, um... You have to come first. <clears throat> and the drinks... <laughs> the drinks are really good. The drinks are really good. The waitstaff is very, very nice. Um, they have, like, a specials lunch menu. And then they have, um... They have, like, a regular menu. So, so good. Let me see if I could send you a picture, actually. So, how would you say it compares to... Puerto Rico, because you've actually been to Puerto Rico. A few times. Um, With the mofongo. I would say it's pretty good. When I went to Puerto Rico, I actually didn't get mofongo because, um, yeah, I went to this one place that said they had it, and then they were like, quote-unquote, all out, and I'm just like, how are you all out? That just means to me that it's not, like, fresh made every time, so I didn't, um, I didn't uh, get anything. I didn't get mofongo there. I got uh, tostones and arroz con frijoles, and that was it. Oh, those are good too. Yeah. Yeah, but I it's think. like if I if I if I am going out somewhere, I'm not gonna get something that I could just make at home, you know. Yeah, for like, sure. I've been at like, yeah, been all the time. It's always good. Always good food, good vibe, good beaches. But. I've been to the Bronx only like twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for a Yankees game, became immediate bandwagon Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. So now I have my uh, Yankees fandom to go with my Giants fandom. Now I am a true Giants fan, but mm-hmm. I'm a new Yankees fan. We'll see. We'll see how long it lasts. I may just, you know, <laughs> I doubt it though. <laughs> But yeah, New York is cool. New York is a whole vibe. Um, I can see why people love it. I can see. I, I did, even though it's impossible. It's impossible to find it. You know, the spot, so to speak, in air quotes, the spot. But mm-hmm. there's always just things to, and you can just kind of pop around. And even like for, uh, like I, I ended up in Dykeman, which is in, you know, it's like the home of like, from my understanding tons of Dominican folks there. Mm-hmm. So I went there. We had a good time. We went to Cafe Mamawana. Um, amazing food. Amazing little block. Nice vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Lanco lounges there, great drinks. But that was good as well. Um, that was a little further north, um, you know, than where I live at um, in Hell's Kitchen. But uh, mm-hmm. but it was definitely worth the trip. I had an amazing time. So I had to sneak back up there. And oddly enough, they had a Colombian restaurant there. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was a Colombian restaurant. It was open super late. And so we were able to eat. And, you know, they had a bunch of stuff there, including empanadas, of course, which not Colombian per se, but I immediately indulged. Um, there's a Colombian restaurant in Edison, I think. Mm. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but I do know how to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's really, really good. I've been there maybe three or four times. Um, you know what's weird? Like, I've been in New York a thousand times, and I've been a ton of different places and a ton of different restaurants. And, like, now that I have lived there, I don't really know. It was weird because I'm thinking of these places. And um, as I think of these places, I'm like, man, I went to a place called Justin's, which was like Diddy's son's named restaurant. It was amazing. But I can't remember, like, where it's at. I'm like, maybe it's in Harlem. Um, but maybe I'll check it out. I went to this other, you know, Colombian restaurant as well. Um, but it's just weird because, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like when I was here, I didn't really know where I was at mm-hmm. previously. But now I know New York. I know, like, where I'm at. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, this far or that far. And so it's just kind of weird to actually live there. It's a completely different experience um, versus visiting. I know the subway like nobody's business. Let me tell you that. Exactly. (laughs) I learned really quick. It only took me a month. I will say it's pretty easy. I mean, it just runs straight up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, In D.C., it's a little more complicated. You have a bunch of different color lines and they cross each other and they, they go all over the place. But New Oh, York, DC has like a subway thing too? Mm-hmm. DC has like a subway too? Yeah, but they call it the Metro. Uh, oh yeah, you were saying that the other day. Yeah, when I was coming up and I was saying, hey, you guys know where the Metro's at? Everybody's like, what? The Metro? What is that? Yeah. They call it the subway here. But yeah, the Metro, they call it in DC. Um, and it gets you, you know, from Virginia, uh, to dc and then some parts of maryland but um it's pretty cool it's, i think it, i honestly i i honestly think it's more difficult to learn than um than the, su- the subway for new york new york city subway is super super easy mm-hmm. uh, it's like straight it's like you want to go up you go this way you want to go down you go this way you want to go to queens you go this way yeah, because, like, when you lived in D.C. and you were like, all you got to do is take a train and then take the metro, I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I would have came and got you, though. If you take the Amtrak down to Union Station, it's a straight straight shot, and then I'll drop you right in the middle of D.C. <clears throat> Come grab you. Mm-hmm. Well, what it could have, should have. We could still make that trip, though. Never you have time for your older brother. I have time. Yeah, I... Right. I'm good for like a while. Um, <laughs> usually, like my good days to do something would be like anytime Friday after one o'clock because I finish um, work at one o'clock. So I finish like with all my clients and stuff at one, and then I'm free all day Saturday. 
and I'm free and I'm free Sunday until 12 o'clock so from Friday 1 p.m. till Sunday 11 a.m. I'm good we are all right and then and then Wednesday Thursday Wednesday usually the only things I ever have to do is go to the chiropractor which is my newfound love I love the chiropractor because I have like rheumatoid arthritis so it's so crippling sometimes and then I've always been very hesitant to go to the chiropractor because I didn't know if it was gonna hurt more or what and then I had this um free like voucher or whatever to go because my friend used to work at the place that I go to and I went and I was like I just want to talk to somebody about chiropractic because I want to do it but I am terrified that my back's gonna crack and then I can't drive home or something they're like oh no it's not like that so um place I go to is actually really good like the guy that talked to me is my chiropractor now and they take x-rays of you like they take an x-ray of your back and I was they said since I have arthritis that they were gonna x-ray my hand so they're x-ray is like this thing and then you put your arm on the thing like this and then they scan it and then um I you know did side profiles and they got like literally full body x-ray and then Mm. when um he put the x-ray on the projector screen he was like so you said you have rheumatoid arthritis I was like yes I was diagnosed when I was 14 and he was like yeah He was like, before I show you your images, I'm going to tell you that when you see arthritis or rheumatoid arthritis on an x-ray, your bones are going to look fuzzy. So how fuzzy it is tells me how bad your arthritis has progressed. I'm like, okay. When it looked like I had no hand, Jesse, I was like, man, it's worse than I thought. What? Yeah. So like, so like I, I, yeah. So like, I hate texting because it hurts to like talk like text all the time so most of the time I'll send voice messages to people and if I'm holding my phone for too long my like hand will get numb and I can barely like so like now when I write poetry I mostly like do a voice message and then I'll type it on my computer because holding a pen longer than five minutes like literally hurts my hand so bad and then when I saw the x-ray I was like I knew I wasn't crazy (laughs) like I knew I knew I wasn't crazy but like you know there is stuff to help like with the pain but nothing's gonna stop my arthritis so being 26 with crippling arthritis is not it um but going there and him telling me you know different things that I can do for it has helped because being diagnosed at 14 and then you know my doctor just being like here's a naproxen 800 milligrams take it every day and it's like how is that going to help me? You know, so I never really was told how to take care of it or what I can do to help myself. It was always just, yeah, you got it. Take all this med so you can be all right, kind of. And the medicine never really helped. And then, or it would make me break out or it'd have some kind of weird, you know, like side effect. So that's why I appreciate like a chiropractor. And then um, him knowing that I am a massage therapist he was like, okay, I'm going to stretch this. This is, be-. like, he's like, this muscle is this. I'm like, Dr. Nick, I know. He's like, oh, I forget every time. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> or like, um, 
around Thanksgiving, we were talking, and then he was saying that he wanted to uh, book a facial for his wife, but a lot of places that he wanted to go to was booked, like, was booked out, and I was like, I was like, that's so crazy, you definitely know someone that does facials, he's like, I do, I was like, yeah, you know, you're kind of, like, crushing her right now, and he's like, oh my god, I forget, and then, so, so then he booked a facial with me, and then, um, you know, I went over to his house, and I set up, and then he was like, wow, you have, like, a whole thing, and I was like, yeah, I've been doing this for six years, he was like, he was like, I, he was like, you come to my job, you come to my house, which is kind of like your job right now. I was like, I wumbo, you wumbo. He was like, the study of wombology. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and like, it was so cool because, you know, you know, you can talk about your business and you can talk about the things that you do. But then when that, when someone actually sees it and they're like, oh shit, you know, like a lot of people that um were like my first clients were like, people that I knew but wasn't really close with and they're like oh my god you actually have like all this stuff it's like yeah I have all this stuff packed up but once I bring it out you're gonna feel like you're in your own spot in your house you know yeah. which is like awesome but yeah you know me I'm your biggest advocate for yeah. you know getting your businesses going you just gotta pick one because you're so talented at so many different things <laughs> but mobile spa is definitely on the list yeah um, of things um, what do you feel like you getting pulled in any one direction that you like doing something more than anything else? Oh yeah, I am definitely building like, you know, my skincare massage business more. I'm just right now, uh, working towards a sprinter van. Well, first I'm going to get my own car first and then I'm going to get a sprinter van and my boss at, um, you know, my job. Or now. Huh? You have a car now. Bruh. I need a new car. This car gives me all the troubles. All the troubles. My life this will be life. my life will be going great and the car is like, mm, we're gonna we're not gonna have you this happy. Let's do something. Let's act up a little bit. That is like, like even dad like, said else. Yeah, even dad said out of all his years of working on cars and all the cars that he works on, he's never ever had a pro so many problems with the car as he does with my car and that's just because one he got it from his friend that had his car sit in for years and then gave it to us and then and like he said that there was only a few problems wrong which was not true there was a lot of things a lot of more things wrong with it and then it just every time he fixes something or anytime the car gets fixed something else fucking breaks or whatever and it's just very that annoying. Is- it's very annoying, especially like when I got other things that are in my head that I want to pay for, and then like yeah. something goes on with my car, or let's say I have a client and I know that I'm gonna be getting three hundred dollars that day, and then I go to start my car and the car doesn't start. It's very annoying. So I want to one get a new car, and then after I get my new car, you know, work a lot more, and then get my Sprinter van up and my boss at my job that I was at today has a bunch of spinner vans so he's like whenever you're ready I will let you use one and you can use it and I'm like I really appreciate it. yesterday I actually drove it like all day and I kind of fell in love with that sprinter van I was like I know how I was like now I know why people live in these things like this is great <laughs> like I was having the time of my life yesterday at work well I mean one option would be to skip the new car and just 
get the Sprinter van. Yeah, but I need. I want a. I want a new car. That way, when I look like this and I look a mess and I'm in my sweats and I look disgusting, I come out of my new whip and I'm like, dang, that girl is cute. Look at her nice car. That's not how guys think, just so you know, at all. I don't. I don't need guys to think. I need someone to be like, dang, that's a nice car. Any like, person that's going to say, dang, that girl's cute is not going to care what kind of car you're in. Unfortunately for women, because men don't care about cars. Like, when it applies to women, anyway. Really? Yes, really. We don't care. You can literally get out of, like, you can ride your bike up. <laughs> if you ride your bike and hop off of it and you have heels on and a skirt and, and you're cute, like, we're not going to care that you just drove up on a bike. <laughs> Not the way it works. Men don't think like I that. feel so awkward when I look mad nice and I come out my hoopty. Nope. It's financial responsible. Fiscally responsible. I, I keep it clean and I keep it detailed, you know? Yeah. That's, that's all it's about. Selena's detailing. You we wanna, got it. I would say conserve as much, you know, money as you can when it comes to, you know, anything in general. That way you have the money to do the things you really want to do. Yeah. If someone said, hey, would you rather have a nice car or would you rather go uh, uh, to, like, you know, 20 trips in a year, like, every month, as opposed to spending this $500, this $1,000 on this car payment, this nice car that you have. Oh, no, no, no. So the thing is, I am not doing a car payment. I am paying for my car. I, if I have to do a car payment, I will. But it will have to be, like, a very low car payment because I hate getting stressed out about paying for things so i'd rather just buy my car outright and i have a lot of money saved to buy a car outright i know i'm not gonna get the car i want but as long as i'm gonna get a nice like 2016 car that is like 13 then i got it i can just be like here you go but huh preserve the capital what do you mean Preserve capital means keep your cash on hand. If if it was me, I would get the Sprinter, and then in two years you'll make enough money with the Sprinter to go buy a car, whatever car you want outright. And you have both. Sprinters are so expensive, though. I could just you know, get, my get my car. Talk to the guy with all the Sprinters and ask him, you know, if he's willing to sell you one. It'll pay for itself. Yeah, true. And like... Asset, not liabilities. Huh? Assets, not liabilities. Yes. And with the Sprinter van, I am going to make that into the spa. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And you can write that off as a business expense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it'll take you maybe a year, maybe two. A year from now, you will make enough money to go and buy whatever car you want with the van. If you did the mobile spas, a year from now, you'll have enough money to go pay cash for, you know, whichever car you want to get. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but, you know, to each his own. You know, I had an insane car that, I, you know, was out of my price range, so I, I can't speak too much. <laughs> I just, you know, I tell you so you learn from my mistakes. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... You know, this is not, it's a delicate balance between happiness and, you know, responsibility. It's like you could go and get the best car ever 
but then it's just like, was that a smart move? Eh, maybe not so much. But, you know, you do want to be happy and you don't want to be miserable in, you know, in the cards you have. So I completely understand you upgrading. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's the most embarrassing memory that you have? Uh, that's a good question. Let me think about it. Uh, hmm. You know, the first one that cops, cop pops into my mind is it's it's a weird one. I haven't really been you know, super embarrassed lately because I don't take a lot of chances. But uh, I would say one of the most embarrassing moments of my life was uh it was christmas i was like 10 years old <laughs> <laughs> and you know i i you know i wasn't let's just not let's just say i wasn't a straight a student but that semester i actually got straight a's and so i did that so that i would get a bike mm-hmm. and i wake up on christmas day and i see a bike under the tree and i'm like amazing bike under the tree hard work pays off bang I hop, it's only one bike. Now, there's five siblings in the house, mm-hmm. total. There's only one bike under the tree. I'm the one that asked for the bike. So I see the bike under the tree. I'm the one that got straight A's. So I assume this bike is mine. <laughs> Get on the bike, I'm happy. And, uh, you know, I'm living living my best life. And then my mom comes down and she's like, that's not your bike. And I'm like, which means it's not my bike. Like, <laughs> I'm like, but he's dumb. Like, he got D's. Like, why, how does he get a bike? Like, where's the other bike at? <laughs> right? And so the embarrassing part comes, I start bawling. I'm crying. <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to fight everybody. At this point. <laughs> I'm pissed. This is, I'm going to burn the Christmas tree down. <laughs> I am pissed. I'm talking about majorly pissed. And his remote control car was better than mine. <laughs> Remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so I was pissed. You said I wanted to burn the tree down. <laughs> burn the tree to the ground with hopes of burning the house down as well. <laughs> I was pissed, boy. And the flame in my eyes was done. Lord, I wouldn't even need matches. I just would have did it. And so then your father... You know, pulls up. Our father. Yes. Pulls up with my bike. Nice. No. Oh, I was going to kill everybody for no reason. You guys are so lucky. You don't even know how lucky you are. I literally was sharpening knives in my room. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was embarrassing. I act like a spoiled brat. And then, you know, dad pulls up with the bike or whatever, which was an awesome bike. Mm-hmm. So that was an embarrassing moment. Now, in my later day years, it's weird because, you know, I just never. <laughs> You're really over took in your bike. room with a knife and sticks, just sharpening it. <laughs> <laughs> no bike, huh? Right. <laughs> I get no bike, you get no life. <laughs> so, yeah, that was really embarrassing. Um, and then, like, more recently, I, I it's weird. I'm trying to think of one more recently, but I can't really think of anything recent. I don't really take a lot of risk. And then also, like, once you start to get older, you're, you know, 
your elderly years, you really don't care so much, you know. I think um, being able to not really care so much about what other people think really has helped mm -hmm. um, me, you know, help me be who I am and, you know, just be comfortable in my own skin. And so I don't really get embarrassed a lot, per se. I'm just like, ah, whatever it is, what it is. Like, you know, I'm always I'm uncomfortable a lot of times. And there's anxiety mm -hmm. and like that. But just as far as like, oh, my God, I can't believe. Like, no. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. It happened. It is what it is. It happens for a reason. Whatever. Like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good question, though. Thank you. But what about you? My most embarrassing memory? I, mm -hmm. um... I would say recently that I remember... Okay, so... <laughs> PG-13. <laughs> uh, recently that I remember is that I am nep I am always somebody's wingman, right? Like I'm always like talking to people for my friends. And there is this night last last December actually that um my friends and I went out and one of my friends very, very gorgeous girl, but she, if she sees someone attractive that she, like, wants to talk to, she won't go up to talk to them, so I would do that for her, and she has a boyfriend now, and whatever, but, um, at the time, she didn't, and then I was talking to guys all night for her, and then later in the night, her cousin was with us, and her cousin had their cousin that was near us, and their cousin was so handsome and then um so handsome like he that guy is definitely one of god's greatest creations his face <laughs> is carved out by jesus himself um the guy is very very attractive and i was talking to them and i was like oh my god he's so cute like who is that and he was like oh that's my cousin and i was like oh, okay and then my friend was like you should talk to him and i was like no, I can't do that. She's like, girl, you've been talking to guys for me all night. I was like, that is my confidence to talk to guys for you. That is not my confidence to talk to guys for myself. I do not go up to people. I chase. I, I was like, I do not chase. I attract. And then she was like, no, you have to do it. So I ended up talking to him and we talked all night. We danced or whatever. Um, fast forward to one night. I had slept over and... I talk in my sleep, and I know I talk in my sleep, but I, I do not sleep over anyone's house because I know I talk in my sleep, and I don't know what happens in my dreams, but people always tell me that I talk in my sleep, so I get very embarrassed about that, which is why I do not sleep over people's houses, and um, I had woke, I had this dream, as I, as I was at this person's house, I had this dream that I had went to my job at the time, <clears throat> and my friend was like ringing us up or something and she's like "Ooh, who's this and i was like this is my new boyfriend because in my dream we were dating because this just shows you how crazy i am so in my dream we were dating and like um she was like is your new boyfriend and i was like i was like no and then he had said yeah i am i was like oh yeah i guess this is my new boyfriend and i woke up because i said it so loud and i woke up and i looked at him 
And then I was like, oh my god, did I actually just say that out loud? Or like, was that just in my, like, was that just in my dream? Like, and I was freaking out, I was like sweating. It was cold in his room too, so I was sweating. And I woke up, and I like got, like, I literally just like, Jesse, look, I was like this. I just sprung up, and I was like, and I was freaking out. <laughs> and, then, and then he woke up, and he was like, babe, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, did you hear anything? And then he was like, no, why? And he was like, I didn't hear anything. I was like, okay. And so I went back to sleep, and then he went back to sleep. And then he had dropped me off back at home. I was like, all right, I need to ask you this. I was like, we spent all day together. Did you hear me talking in my sleep last night? <laughs> and he was like, no. Or I was like, I was like, no. And then he was like, he was like, why? And then I was like, are you sure you didn't hear me talking in my sleep? He was like, no, I didn't hear you talking in your sleep. And then later that day, he texted me. He was like, I did not hear you talking in your sleep, but you were singing in your sleep. I was like, that's even more embarrassing. <laughs> good thing you didn't hear what i thought that you heard but oh my god singing in my sleep that takes it to a whole nother level that's so bad and then (laughs) i got news for you buddy i talk in my sleep as well it was so bad what it is so what (laughs) so what like i literally look up all the time how to stop myself from talking in my sleep it was so bad there's no point it is what it is and Mine is even worse. So, freaking, when I get sleepy, you can, like, ask me questions and I tell you, like, 100% truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I am, so too. So, you ask me questions while I'm asleep, I will tell you, like, like while I'm, like, almost, like, sleepy, yeah. about to fall asleep. Yeah, almost in your like, REM sleep. Like, my girlfriend from college used to do it all the time. She would wait till I would get to a point where... I was, like, halfway asleep, and then she would, like, start asking me questions, and then I would just answer it subconsciously. <laughs> oh, that was that was That's bad. how she got you. <laughs> really bad for a guy in college. Hence <laughs> the reason I'm still single now. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my door. But, yeah. No, I don't think talking in sleep is bad. There's so many things that are so much worse. I was like, was my singing at least good? He was like, actually, it sounded very beautiful. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> but that's still so bad. I was like, you, oh my God. Would you rather have someone talk in their sleep or snore? So- um, I'd rather have someone snore, I feel like. Definitely not. You've definitely never. I No, I've, no. Like my ex, he used to snore bad in his sleep. Sometimes I'd have to like hold his nose for him. But, um... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I I feel like usually any time I've had, like, I've dated someone, they've snored in their sleep. So I don't think I really mind it. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do any snoring. I can't. It wakes me out of my sleep. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, yeah, no. I definitely can do talking in sleep. It's easy. Yeah, that's no big deal. But snoring? Oh, goodness. Ugh. <laughs> I can't do that. That's like the worst. Um, do you have a preference in like a racial preference in dating? Yes. Spanish woman. Perfect. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. You know what's weird? <clears throat> I really don't have a preference. People think I do, but I don't. 
What race do you like tend to date the most? I date black women the most. Really? I mean, um, I think it's just because the commonality, mm-hmm. um, just having the same culture, same music, same food, you know, same jokes, you know, same idols, things mm-hmm. like that. So I end up dating black women a lot of times. But I've dated women from pretty much every race. Um, I wouldn't say every race because there's a lot of races, but mm-hmm. we've had my share of dates. And um, for me, I don't really like exclude anyone. It's more about the characteristics that make make up the woman for me. Mm-hmm. Like I like this, I like that, I like this, I like that. If that person has those things, then it's game time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she can be white, black, Spanish, Asian, Indian. I don't know if I'm forgetting anything specific. Islander, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think my dating preference is really just based on uh, the composite of the person. And that's inside and outside, right? Like there's features from inside and features from the outside that I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. The outside ones are easy, right? Nice body, air quotes, what I deem to be nice, you know, uh, attractive. Um, And that's from an outside perspective, but, you know, you also want someone that cares enough about themselves to take care of themselves yeah. from a physical perspective, but also take care of themselves from a mental perspective. And then also have, you know, drive and ambition in life and want to attain things. And be like, all right, I want to be this. I want to do this. I want to, you know. So I'm attracted to ambition because the type of person, I'm, I'm a supportive person. So if you're not doing anything with your life, it's tough for me to support you because you're not doing anything. Yeah. So, you know, and I like, to have a partner, you know, somebody you can build with and kind of, you know, my goal is to kind of create like a, a, you know, just a a relationship and a bond with somebody where it's like, okay, we both vibe, we're both killing it. You support me. I support you. We go on vacations and uh, let's raise these kids and uh, just enjoy, just enjoy life while, you know, while we're still here. Do you want kids? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I've always held back on having kids just because I've always felt like I need to be at a financial place mm-hmm. uh, to do it. When I was younger, you know, young in college and getting out of college, I was, you know, petrified. Like, hey, if I have a kid, you know, am I going to be able to afford it? And I didn't want, you know, the kid to struggle or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I always kind of got away from it. Um, now I'm at a point where it's like, okay, he's a little overdue. Probably should have had kids like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But... But I'm comfortable where I am, and yeah. so I'm open. Definitely want to have kids, uh, and you know, it's God's will. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. I feel uh, like, as good as a, a big brother as you were to me growing up, even just taking us out for like little things, you would be like a great dad. And also, then and then you have dad as our dad. So then I feel like. You would just be an all-around really good dad because not only you have our dad, but then just how you are too. I don't know. I feel like you'd be like a really good dad. I'd be like the best aunt, just saying. I'd be the best. I, You know, according to Gracie, I'm the best sister ever. So I feel like I'd be like the best aunt. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. If it's, you know, in the cards, you know, I, I definitely... You know, would be for it. 
my thing is like I definitely want to have you know a partner that I can rock with that you know we can you know just kind of build and enjoy life together but you know my kids probably gonna be spoiled riding if not by me everyone that surrounds them because mm-hmm. everyone says that like oh man you'd be a great dad you've been such a good cousin you've been such a good brother like mm-hmm. and so I know that my child will feel the love of all the people you know that I've affected throughout my life so it'll probably be spoiled riding but uh, I don't mind that whatever mm-hmm. so. um, when it comes to men's mental health what's something that you want people to be more knowledgeable about that's a good question um i think that as a man you know you have to put off a lot of times a masculine persona and i think in order to really be as masculine as you proclaim you have to be open and honest with yourself and you have to be vulnerable to the point where you kind of know your mental health state. Mm-hmm. So you can, because everyone has a mental health state. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can identify the areas for improvement and address them. And in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be vulnerable with yourself. And also, I would say you have to be, uh, you have to give yourself some grace. A lot of times as a man, you feel like the macho thing to do is to be rock solid and everything and not have any flaws or any vulnerabilities, but you do have to give yourself grace mm-hmm. and then you have to give yourself, um, then you have to give yourself compassion. Like, you know what? I tried, I did my best. I'm trying to do the right thing. Everything's not going to work out all the time the way you want and, uh, you know, keep pushing. So, um, I think the quicker, uh, the faster you're exposed to that area in life and you are able to develop those tools, um, to get you through situations because life is a big ball of situations mm-hmm. um, some good some bad but uh, you want to develop tools like for me I have you know I call it my happy list mm-hmm. and um, if I'm ever in a bad place or not feeling you know like myself I'll take a look at my list and do some of the things on that list it could be you know watching football or eating pho or going to get a massage or anything of that nature. Those are just some of the things that are on my list. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the tools I have. Um, And then also, if I feel myself, you know, being frustrated or confused, sometimes I'll just sit down and, you know, even if it's like for five minutes, just breathe and meditate. Mm -hmm. Meditation for me, I still haven't figured it out, but Mm -hmm. if I sit there and breathe through my nose and out my mouth for five minutes with a timer, it relaxes me. With my clients, like my facial and my massage clients, I have, um, I have my sound bowl and even for my clients that are like, oh, meditation is blah, 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 whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't believe in it. And I'm just like, okay, well, you know, you like relaxing music, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, mm-hmm. I'm gonna play this for you. That way you can quiet your mind, calm, like, calm your body and everything, and I'll do that. And then I'll do my sound bowl and then... They end up, one, knocking out right away, you know, <laughs> and then, and, or if they don't, um, I'll, sometimes I'll even, uh, you know, do my sound bowl and record it, that way it can be however long the massage is going to be, so if I'll do it for an hour, and I'll have, like, my different bowls and stuff, and I'll record it that way, as I'm doing the massage, it can be playing, and then, um, 
they'll be like, oh my God, that music was so nice. What was it? And I was like, that's my meditation sound bowl. That's my Tibetan sound bowl. So if you ever want, I can send you the recording that way. You know, if you ever, yeah, if you ever get frustrated, <laughs> if you ever get frustrated, <laughs> if you ever get frustrated, you can listen to it. You know, even if you're driving the car or you're frustrated at work, you just listen to it real quick and it can help you calm yourself back down. And one of my clients, um, he's like a lawyer. He's a lawyer in New York, but he, he commutes to New York or whatever. And um, he's one of my first clients that I had coming out of massage therapy school. And he was like, he was like, yeah, massage is probably the only do hippie thing that I do or whatever. And I was like, okay, yeah. you know, and then um, I played, you know, my recording and he was like, wow, that music's so nice. And now he's one of the most do hippie people that I like have like even though he is still like a big time lawyer but you know now he'll tell me like when he goes to yoga retreats and like stuff like that and he's like you really he's like you opened me up to such a thing and I had no idea like I've been getting massages for years and I've only met he met me because when I was in massage school we would be open to the public so people would come in that way we can practice and stuff and he for six years, he's been, like, one of my top people. Wow. Yeah. And, like, um, or um, one of the um, places that I do my poetry through, uh, it's a nonprofit. It's called KIDS, K-Y-D-S, and it's mm-hmm. Conscious Youth Development and Services. And uh, they do, you know, um, they do programs with children or, you know, people up to, like, you know, high school and stuff and they teach kids how to have better behavioral health and through holistic practices and teach them how to eat better but one of the things that they started doing first was one mindful meditation Mondays which is just you know meditation Mondays with the sound bowl and it'll be like five to six or five to seven or whatever and then they started doing open mics and they would call that one soul one one mic, one soul, open mics, and it's for everybody. So then I started doing that, and when I first started doing that, maybe, like, 2016, that was my first time ever doing my poetry, like, in person, like, out loud to people, and people were crying. And then I started having Dad come, and Dad was, like, bawling his eyes out during my what? show. Yeah, and that, like, me doing my poetry is something so, like, you know, vulnerable to me, and I'm not a very vulnerable person to other people like that like only usually to like Steven or like my best friend Xavier and then I started doing that and um so I would tell him about the mindful meditations and then I started being more um trying to you know I guess keep under control my mental health so I was reaching out to other people in that space and uh they have like sister circles and sister meditation groups and red tent things and like stuff like that and then I started joining dance groups to where I started doing my own ecstatic dances so I would go to a dance studio and say hey I really want to do a dance class here but it's going to be a movement meditation so that's what ecstatic dance is so it's you have whatever music and you dance however you want and you don't have to worry about whoever is around you because there's no right or wrong way to dance you just move however you want to the music and it's like your own meditation that way so Mm -hmm. I started doing that and then he would come to my uh 
classes and then he would invite his lawyer friends and they would come and be like oh my god this is great like this is so different and then I started having them come to my classes but then I also started them having them as clients as well so it's kind of cool how that one thing of going to the open mic opened me up to you know being more vulnerable myself but also Mm -hmm. finding more about meditation and then I started incorporating that into my business and then now it's just like a whole revolving kind of thing so you ever think about like putting everything under an umbrella and -hmm. packaging it like so you know I say hey you need to have multiple streams of income and I think people get confused when they say multiple streams of income like I'm going to race cars and I'm going to play in the NFL and I'm going to do stocks and I'm going to, you know, program. And it's like, I'm going to make money off of stuff and crypto too. And so like those streams. Are you talking about yourself? No. no. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but those, all those crazy things that are going on, they don't really fall under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. And I think you can have multiple streams of income under the same umbrella. So for you, you can have the massage therapy, right? And then in addition to that, you can have the facial piece. You can have the self-care. And also you can roll in the meditation, you know, courses and things like that. So it's like, it's all self-care pretty Mm -hmm. much like a self-care package. Right. Yeah. And so it would be cool to bundle that and, or, you know, just bundle it in your mind and provide it, you know, provide different services, but they're all within the same realm Mm -hmm. and stuff. I was just thinking about that while you were saying that, but, um, I think that would work out very well for you. You have a ton of experience and, all those areas i'm just trying to figure out how to you know fit in the cooking (laughs) maybe you just maybe you just start cooking uh some some special brownies or something i don't know (laughs) i do make cbd brownies and um, exactly i know there's a goal yeah everything you touch turns to gold so that's something you can work in um and that's a product you can develop where it's like yeah i'm trouble sleeping i got this you know and this goes into the meditation and relaxing yeah. all in the same umbrella. So I don't know, man, gold mine, <laughs> a walking gold mine over there. But yeah. So with, you know, with, um, doing like the massages and stuff, it's cool to like do the sound bowl. And then people are like, Oh wow, this is cool. And then people are like, Oh wow, this is really, really cool. And how do how'd you get into this? And, I feel like also even just working at the health food store that I was working at for a while, that's that's how I met the guys for kids, you know, like they were they were customers and they would come in and just when they just started, um, they were like, oh, we're throwing this open mic if you want to come. I know you're pretty quiet and never really talk. And going to that open mic is kind of what brought me out of my shell and out my comfort zone. And mm. then they were like, oh, my God, like you rec- like you perform that poem on Saturday and we had no idea because you never talk and I was like it's not that I never talk it's just like you know I just work so if I'm at work I'm at work and then that brought me out and started making me more like myself and then people that went to the show or like went to the show also would come into shop and they're like oh my god your poem was so beautiful and blah 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 and or like then it started being where I would perform there every month because they would have it once a month and um, it would be right in Asbury, too. It would be on Spring Lake. Or, mm. or yeah, that's what it's called, right? Spring Lake? Yeah, Lake Asbury. Yeah, Lake. yeah. But, um, and um, <clears throat> it would be every month. And then 
I started being recorded on Asbury TV. And then a lot of people would come in and be like, oh, my God, like, I saw you last month and I want to see you again and blah, blah, blah. And it was really cool. And I had Aunt Carol come a few times, too, because Aunt Carol saw me walking one night to, um, you know, where it was. And she was like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I have to go to my open mic show. And then she drove me. I was like, if you want to sit in and listen, you can. She's like, okay, I'll stay for a little bit. And um, she came in and she was like, wow, there's a lot of people here. She was like, are they all for you? I was like, they're not all for me. I don't think so. (laughs) And then um, (laughs) and then so I performed. And as I was performing, I try not to look at anybody when I perform because I feel like that makes me more nervous, especially if I know the people. But I something told me to look up and I looked up and Aunt Carol was like trying to keep a straight face. But I definitely saw her bawling a bit. And I never, ever in my life ever seen Aunt Carol cry. So it made uh, my heart feel like so like, ah, you know, like. No, make... Aunt Carol never cries. Like, shout out to the nicest person in the world. Yeah, Aunt, Aunt Carol is the best. Yeah, Aunt Carol is the best by far. Um, best yeah, ever. I've never seen her cry either. Like, always smiling, always happy, always there for you, always willing to help you and give you any and everything you need successful. Yeah. Like the light in in the dark. She's the light in the she's the flashlight in the dark. Yeah. The flashlight in the dark prepared for everything in life. Yep. But no, that's super duper duper dope. Um, like again, like I said, everything you touch turns to gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all right, so I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. From a meditation perspective, and I'm trying to figure out how to f- phrase this correctly, but how do you know when you're doing it right? What's the wrong way? The wrong way is not knowing if you're doing it right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm I feel like maybe you have the pro- the same problem as dad and I do of not being able to quiet your mind. Mm. Um so me I have a very strong like very hard time to quiet my mind cuz I think about so many things all the time. And mm-hmm. that's also what, you know, keeps me from sleeping. But, um, I don't know. It takes a little bit. But, you know, you don't always, like, when people think meditation, they think that they have to do it for an hour. But it doesn't have to be. It can be five minutes. It can be five minutes of you just, you know, sitting here and you're just inhaling. And you're thinking about all these things, but you just have to work on your breath. Because if you're focused on your breath then you're more focused on that and then everything else that you're thinking about isn't coming to mind anymore. And then you just kind of have it go longer and stuff like that. When you say focus on your breath, what do you mean? So you... For the new people. I've gotten better. (laughs) I've gotten better and I have my technique. Yeah, so... I need to go after this, but go ahead. You know, you just have good posture and you just go... And you breathe in with your tummy and then... You let out, and when you let out, you go. <sighs> so breathe in with your tummy. So in your nose and out your mouth. Yeah, and then out, and when you exhale, you go. <sighs> that way, you're letting that out. You're letting all whatever's in you out, and then you keep doing that. Or, you know, there's a lot of you know videos now on YouTube, and I like to do breath work. Breath work, I feel like, really helps, and breath work also. You know, if you don't have a day to, like, like 
if you have a day off, I would say try breath work, watch a video on YouTube about breath work, um, because it can release like a lot of trauma within your body and your mind and stuff. And the first time I ever did it, uh, my friend, she is like a womb priestess and it's like a person that helps you, you know, with your sexual traumas and, you know, just being more, I guess, intuitive with yourself. And she had a workshop which were all guys and girls could come to and she had different levels so she hosted in her house which made it very more intimate because you're bringing all these people into your house to have this experience all together and on her basement was like this small little dance area and then upstairs was like everyone brought food so it was kind of like a potluck so on her dining table she had all this different food but it had to be mindful food so not like processed things just food that's gonna nourish our bodies and stuff like that and i brought oh, no whoppers is what you're saying yeah no no burger king whoppers <laughs> at all um but i had made like a vegan chocolate cheesecake and a lot of the girls there that i had no idea were on their period so like that was like their perfect thing for them right there and then they also had um hoppe if you wanted to take like partake in it and hoppy is from like a cactus plant that's like forbidden because it has um like psychedelic properties but it's also used to help with you know traumatic things and like stress like that so the way how some people use shrooms as a medicinal part that's also how hoppy's used in like ayahuasca and stuff like that um and like at no point do you ever have to take those things it's only if you want to um but then upstairs she had uh, one of her close friends doing breath work and he was like no one has to do this only if you want to and that was the first time I ever did it because my friend Erin was also doing it she was like come on just do it with me and I was like oh, I don't know because you know like you it's like you hear something and you're like mm, that sounds a little too hippie for me but I was like ah whatever I'll do it and I was going through a lot then because it was like when I first broken up with, you know, my ex and then I was trying to be so positive on life of oh, I'm finally done with this and whatever his loss, but I was hurting so bad and I was just keeping a lot of it in. And then um I did that and I you know, you're just breathing. Like it's literally you just breathing and I just felt like my body kind of just being there but shaking and I was just crying and I just couldn't stop crying. Like, I was bawling my eyes out. And one, I hate crying in front of people. I hate being so vulnerable in front of people. And I was crying. And then the other priestesses and, like, uh, shamans that were there were just, like, around me. And then they were like, it's okay, it's okay. And I was crying my eyes out. And not only was I crying about that, but I was crying about, you know, like, things with Danny and like just so much stuff that yeah yeah, like stuff that I've just had like built up for years and Mm. I was just crying my eyes out and I was like oh my god like what the fuck was this and like people don't know like breath work has been around for so long like when people are going into labor and they're going they're telling you that's breath work but like no one knows because it's like oh i'm just doing this because i'm pregnant i have to do it so i can birth out the baby but it's like a lot of holistic things are in everyday life that people don't know about and like Mm -hmm. the more you read into it or the more you learn about it the more you look up for yourself you're like 
I've known about this for a long time, but I had no idea it was about this spiritual or holistic kind of thing in life. And it's so cool. Like, it's something, obviously, I'm very passionate about. But it's, like, it's so cool that you never, you know, you hear about these things, but you're never really taught. You're never really, you know, informed on where it originates and stuff like that. And then also um, with the sound walls, like, I've done it before, but for this workshop, um, it was, like, a few different people that were doing it. And I was laying down. And it was after I did my breathwork thing. So I thought I got all my cries out. No, I didn't. I was laying down. (laughs) I was laying down and it was something about like, so the way how you get so drawn into the bows, because, um, let me show you. I have one here. Um, I mean, not have all my books fall, but So the way you get so drawn in is that, I have two here, there's these ridges inside Mm. and it's, you know, it's brass and it's copper and it's molded in such a way that there's ridges. So it has a different vibration to it. So let me see, let me put this under here. Yeah, I didn't know it had ridges in it. Yeah. So a lot of them are, you know... Kind of like this, like the brass, and then there's the ridges here. This mm-hmm. one's very old. I actually got this from a workshop that I went to, and this very, very nice old Indian man gave me his own personal thing because he said that he felt like I needed this in my life. And I was like, thank you. And I cried because I was like, wow, <laughs> you know? But yeah. it's... So you hear how it kind of like goes in a ring and it gets louder, even though it's the same kind of thing. So it was that and I was laying down and I was just like, I felt like I was, you know, not like stuck, but I couldn't move my body because I was so calm mm-hmm. and I wasn't on anything, you know, like I was literally just, it was literally just me. I was laying there and I just felt tears coming out and like. I was bawling again, but I wasn't making any noise. I wasn't making any noise crying. I was kind of just there, and I felt like the sound of, like, the vibrations literally were just, like, as if someone was, like, just coming from underneath me and just holding me. Wow. Yeah. that It was the best night I probably ever had in my life because I was going through so much and I was crying, you know, like, 20 minutes before about all these different things. And I was just laying down and literally just felt like someone was like this. And someone was just whispering in my ear, I got you. Mm. And it just felt, like, I literally have chills just talking about it. But it just felt so nice. And then I was, like, just crying. And I didn't know what was going on with me. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You know, what is in this house? <laughs> But I just, you know, I just felt so safe and I never felt so safe in my life. Like that was, that was definitely something that I needed. And I was very grateful that my friend Naomi invited me to that because I was just like, it was something I needed, something I needed that I didn't know that I needed. 
And I felt so safe and I felt so safe to be vulnerable and so safe to cry. And like, then like one of the girls saw me crying and she was just like rubbing my arm. And I I just couldn't even like move to just be like, you know, I, I was just there and I was just stuck. And I just felt like I had these hands just hold me and like, kind of like, Kind of like when you're a baby and like you're crying and like someone just picks you up and they're just like, oh, it's okay. Like that's how I felt. I just felt like, honestly, like my inner child was just letting out all these things that I had no idea that I buried down so far. That I was in that space to be able to be like, all right, now I can cry about this. Now now I don't have to cry myself to sleep. I can cry in this open space and be all right. It was a very good experience. No, it sounds good. I mean, there's those periods, I think, in life where you have to release some things. And I found myself there as well. I'm not in a formal setting, but definitely, you know, where sometimes you're just like, woosah, and you just kind of release things and let things go and understand that, you know, if you believe in whatever you believe in, you know, that they got your back. Mm -hmm. So I think I lean on that a lot in life because life is full of uncertainties. So you don't have con- much control as you think you do. So a yeah. lot of times you just have to, you know, have faith and believe in who and whatever you believe in that they're going to, you know, do what's in your best interest. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I'm looking for, you know, guidance or whatever the case may be, I'll definitely, you know, sit back and just kind of think about it. And, you know, you do get that sense of safeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably do some meditating after this, actually. <laughs> don't worry, I'll record for you. <laughs> I got a freaking, um, I usually have like, I like, so January 1st, I'm starting my whole thing, right? I'm going to change my life in a day. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm done like the whole, like I'm going to create some more structure in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to wake up when I join the 5am club, going to be up at five and, uh, I'm going to journal, I'm going to meditate, I'm going to work out. And then I'm, of course, I'm going to trade stocks in the morning or mm-hmm. tra- specifically for those who know what the futures are you forgot oh. your uh stocking by the way oh of course yeah i forget everything i forgot my jeans at my mom's house as well as my other stocking um so hopefully with this mindfulness and meditation i'll, I'll start remembering stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then go to work from there but that's that's the plan do you to, like uh, to read mm-hmm. do you like to read uh yeah, I love to read. It's just, uh, it takes up a lot of time. <laughs> and, like, it takes a lot of time for me to read. And, um, but I will say I'm an audiobook, like, advocate. Okay. Like, so even before this, I was listening to an audiobook. I probably finished two audiobooks this week. Nice. Um, I you have, should like, check out credit um, for, this yeah, book like, I have. I have a ton of, like, audiobooks saved. And so it helps me. And I may not take it all in but i think taking in 50 percent of it is better than you know not being able to get around and taking none of it mm-hmm. so um and that's one of my random alarms i have uh but uh yeah so i have a ton of audiobooks i always listen to, always listen to audiobooks um to kind of take in new knowledge and, and get perspectives from other people. You should check out this book. It's called The Body Keeps Score. Mm. It's um, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. It's this guy. He's a doctor, and he, um, he 
is like a psychiatrist kind of or some kind of doctor where he studies people all these years and is trying to find out how you know the mind and the body keeps trauma in so he goes like he goes through people that have been through the military and have PTSD people that have sexual trauma and them like he was around for like the first rounds of like electroshock therapy and it's a really really good book like I've honestly cried through a few pages because he tells about his patients and he goes very in depth and a lot of it I'm just like oh my god like I know exactly how that feels and then he's like speaking about that and then he's speaking about how he's tried to help them or anytime like there's this one part where um he was talking to this woman that got raped for a lot of years but she was going through electroshock therapy so anytime he would talk to her he feels like he's making a breakthrough with her but then she would go into treatment and then she would completely forget what they talked about the day before so it was really frustrating for him so he had to stop because he just stopped doing that because it was frustrating that he felt like his work like his you know hard work was actually working and then she would go to electroshock therapy to forget what happened to her so she wouldn't remember the prior conversation that they had. Mm-hmm. It's a really good book. Yeah, I wrote it down. I'm going to download it right after this and check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird thing because I think everyone has their traumas. And uh, some are more extreme than other people's. And I think, um, you know, everyone kind of has to take the time to figure out what works for them. And, you know, how they can live this best life that they're living there's some people that think that they've been through a ton that haven't really been through a lot in respect to, you know, what other people have been through. Mm-hmm. But everyone has their own, I would say, uh, cross to carry. Yeah. Um, thing. So some are heavier than others. But, you know, I think you just have to take some time and take a step back and, and uh, you know, do, what best, do what's best for you to kind of continue to work through whatever things that you have going on and it is weird because people like i said a lot of people have everyone has something and some things are more traumatic than other people's but i think everyone has something and i think you have to take responsibility for your stuff and and be able to work through it however you know whatever works best for you um but like i said with me you know i I always try to keep it light and um you know versus going to a dark side and I always try to, you know, hope for the best in, in everything and everyone. And then also be aware of individuals, you know, that may not have your uh, your best intentions in mind. Mm-hmm. So when I'm when I start to see folks that, uh, you know, may be malicious or, you know, jealous or whatever the case may be, I try to separate myself from them. And they don't, it's not. A lot of times you're not able to completely cut them off, but you are able to, you know, distance yourself and keep them at arm's length. Yeah. I'm cordial with a lot of folks that, you know, I really don't allow into my space because I know they'll affect my energy. Yeah. But I will say, okay, you know, hey, arm's length, ha jokey joke, but realistically, I'm not going to allow you in my space. Yeah. I'll talk to you, but I will never invite you over to my house. <laughs> I do exactly. not want that bad juju over here. Exactly. You need to work. And people are like, well, why don't you help them? It's like, mm, this is the thing I've learned about a lot of people. You, they have to want, they have to want help. One, mm-hmm. and then two, they have to be able to help themselves. Yeah. No one can help you. 
Like yeah. they can assist you in helping yourself, but you have to want to be helped. You have to want to be better. Um, in order for for it to happen, I don't think anyone had. You know, you just like no, I just like deep down inside, even if it's like a twinkle, a glimmer, a mustard seed of wanting that help, you need that in place to kind of get better. Yeah. And I've seen I've seen people you know do three sixties, turn around and you know, become much better people um, and focus on themselves and take the time. But it takes work. And I think it, it's not like a thing that it's like, hey, I did the work. I'm done. It's like never done because life is never done. And there's always just new things coming on board and new uh, experiences. And it's like a life is just one big test. And so after you get that test, okay, you passed. Now you got this new test. How are you going to handle that? And so you just, you know, take those uh trials and tribulations as they come and you know work them the best way you can yeah all right well i'm gonna end this episode <laughs> um, that was a good time yeah thanks for vibing with cell and jesse and i love you and i hope you've had a great day and a great night and i want you to know that you matter and your existence matters and i appreciate you and Nothing beats a fail but a try. And if something's not in your journey for the day, it's not in your journey. I love you. Bye.